Thanks, Ben. <laughs> we, we, we like how deep your voice is, Ben. <laughs> who does the editing on that? I don't know who does the editing on that. <laughs> uh, we're having, we're, we're still trying to tweet things for Ben, but uh, congratulate, Ben, did you win anything this past week? Yeah. What did you win? That giant trophy. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> I'm going to get beat up after the service for the guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, hopefully you are, um, make sure I got this on. There we go. Okay. Um, hopefully you've uh, done some uh, New Year's resolutions and you're keeping with them. Uh, I've, I've made a couple of them and uh, one of them is a result of my son. He came this uh, he came this past uh, couple weeks ago, and I noticed when he was hugging my my wife, his his arms are like this big and his whole muscle, and I said there is no way uh, he's going to pass me up. So I now want to help kick because when I see my son here, I'm going to be able to wrestle him and still beat him. Yeah, right. But. Uh, and so every day I'm, I'm, I'm now, I've, I've, so far I've kept my resolution. I'm walking and uh, I put my, my Bible app in my ear and I do that mile and a half around my house. And so uh, I found one that is uh, chronological. So we're actually in Job chapter 10 uh, by now. So if you ever find an app uh, that's chronological, you'll find out it's, the Bible's not in chronological order. It's just, uh, so you kind of go from Genesis 1 to Genesis uh, 11, and then you go to Job, and so that's where we're at. So hopefully you guys have some resolutions and, and you're keeping them. Uh, hopefully some of them are spiritual and uh, on how you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord. I actually had someone uh, come up to me um, about a month or so ago and said, so what's our direction for the church in 2024? And I thought this would be an excellent opportunity to stand up and to share what's on my heart and to share where I believe the church needs to go. This is not designed to point out any flaws. So uh, please understand that. I, what I want to do is I, I just want to focus on where I think we need to really focus on. One of the reasons for that is 79 years ago today, there was a major battle that was happening in, in, in World War II. Anybody know what that battle was? Major battle, wintertime, battle of the bulge. And, uh, and the question was asked is, why did the Germans choose the Ardennes Forest to start their battle? Um, what was uh, the third most deadly battle in United States history? We lost uh, the third most amount of people in that time. Well, the reason is kind of simple. Num number one is there were poor weather conditions. So the United States, who at that time had air superiority, could not uh, uh, launch their planes and, and, and fight off the Germans. The number second reason is, and more pronounced, is the fact that the Ardennes Forest was the weak area. That was the weak area. That was the place where when soldiers needed a break, they would send them to the Ardennes Forest and they would give them a little bit of a break, or the new people would come at that time. And so that was the weak area in the whole line that the Allies had. And even though there were warning signs of, uh, they would, at night, they would hear the trucks and they would hear the tanks and they would hear those things. They dismissed them because they said, that's nothing because 
um, the, the Germans are, are, are finished. They'll be, they'll be done soon. Um, and then even the civilians of that area came to the Americans and the Allies and says, there's a lot of movement happening of a lot of Germans. You need to take note of this. And of course they did not and they were caught off guard. It's kind of similar to the Japanese when they attacked us at Pearl Harbor. If there's a day of the week in which you're going to attack the United States, what would it be? Sunday. It would be Sunday. Because that's the day of the week in which most people are down, they're at church or golfing or whatever else. And so that's when they, that's when they came and, and, and the Japanese actually attacked us. So what you do is you look for the, uh, the area that maybe you need to shore up a little bit in, and you work on that throughout the year. So I decided that what we're going to do is we're going to look out at a, look at our theme, which is reaching out while building up. We're going to look at that, and then we're going to then I will share with you where I think we need to go. Maybe an area that I think we might be a little weak in, and that we can become a little bit stronger in. So as I as I've mentioned before, this is a very busy church. Uh, the, we we do a lot. I actually wrote down. Everything that I could think of on the top of my head we did. And I know we're missing some stuff. But uh, we start out by January being January. January and uh, then February we have our auction. Okay? So in February we have the auction. And that's where, uh, I'm not quite sure where it's going to go this year. But we, we, we find a cause and we give that auction, uh, that money from the auction. I know the last couple of years we've, we've raised quite a bit of money. Uh, so that's coming up on uh, February 24th. Then after the auction, then we turn into Easter. And we get ready for Easter. Now we used to do an Easter egg hunt here at the church. And where we have about four or 500 uh, people that would actually show up. We used to do a breakfast, if you remember that. And for this whole place, this whole gymnasium was just filled with people giving them a breakfast. And oh my goodness, how in the world you guys did that? I'll never know. Because there were just so many people that were here. Then we'd go out and we'd, we'd uh, have the Easter egg hunt. Then we'd give bikes away. The OM committee this year decided to do something different. And I'm all for different stuff. I, I think you always need to try something different. And they tried something different where they had an Easter drive through Part of that is just a result of the weather that we've been having. Um, the last couple of years when we have the uh, Easter egg hunt, it's been, it's been cold and windy and rainy and you name it. So they decided to have a, an Easter egg drive through and where they would come and they would give um, uh, the, the Easter story as the cars drove up. And if you remember one of the scenes, Polly was standing right out here, and then there'd be another scene, and Ben was over there playing Jesus with his hair and his gown on, uh, robe on, whatever it was. And at, when there was a, when there was a, he was at the the. the the, the, the open tomb is where he was at. No, Ben, you don't have to worry about it. I'm not showing that picture. Thank you. So, uh, so we did that. Um, and then uh, May and June comes T-ball time, and which we will have 135 children with, uh, um, with their parents that will be here uh, three days a week. We've done adjustments on that as well. Um, and so we'll do that. Then, then August comes. 127 garage sale, the fair outreach, and the pond party. That's all in August. So I joked a little bit. I said, I, as your pastor, cannot take vacation in the summertime because uh, we're just so busy. And so I wait till the fall when everything's supposed to get back to normal so I take a vacation. By the way, when do I take my vacation? But it's in the, in the fall. 
October comes and we'll have the trunk or treat, Menden trunk or treat, where we'll go up to Menden and we'll um, hand out, um, sometimes we'll hand out Bibles, sometimes we'll hand out tracts, but we're, we're, we take our van up there so they know that we care about Menden and we spend a lot of time up there. Last year we brought the candy cannon up and we shot candy in the air and that was fun, hitting some of the kids on the head with jawbreakers. I mean, that was, that, that's some of the things that we did. Uh, then November comes women's retreat. Um, we had a hundred, it was 110 women, something like 110 women were here last year. Uh, this place was filled with women. Uh, and uh, I just stayed in my office and I was just, if you need me, call me. If not, I'm staying out of here. Uh, so we had the women's retreat. December, uh, <clears throat> uh, December is of course December with, with everything. We did do a little bit of uh, Christmas caroling with, uh, with the Menden Church. <clears throat> well, we walked through Menden and we, we Christmas carol some of the houses for them with them. Put on top of that, we have call. Um, that's coming up a couple weeks where we feed the community. Uh, Operation Christmas Child, we did that. Uh, 600 and some odd boxes. Uh, the fair outreach, I already said that, Wednesday night uh, and, and Sunday morning. So, as I said, these are just some of the things. And I know I missed something. Uh, what, did I, what did I miss? Oh, it's in there, July. Yeah, I got it in there. It's in my notes. Yes, Vacation Bible School, uh, that's there as well. And we'll have a, over 100 kids for that. So, and, and I says, once again, I'll say, I know I missed something. Uh, it's, 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 to be honest with you, it's hard to keep up. So reaching out. So I, I want to say we're doing a good job of reaching out, but I want to continue to emphasize this. Reaching out is more than just saying, hey, we're opening our doors, you people come here. Reaching out is going to them. And that's where the fair outreach, I think, is important. Uh, going to Menden is important. Uh, one year, we, uh, a couple years ago, we actually did a worship service at the park in, uh, in Salina when the, when the pandemic was going on. And so we do see results of that. But I want, I want you to understand this. Our, our purpose in, though, is not there is not to get people in the seats, even though that is, we'd like to see that. But our main purpose is to glorify Christ and to show people Jesus Christ. That should be our main purpose. And so we've been working hard, uh, going out, trying to go out, uh, and, uh, and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's uh, the elders, um, uh, we have what's called the elders fund, and in that elders fund we actually help individuals, uh, individuals that might come to the church and say, I have a need, but we also work uh, in, in, in unison with what's called our home. Our home is out of Salina, and that's when somebody needs help, they go to our home. Our home gives them a piece of paper, and they, then they have to go to individual churches. I mean, they have to work. they got to do, go to individual churches and ask for donations from those churches. So someone will come to me, and they'll have a piece of paper, and I'll see what every church in Salina has, has uh, pledged to them. And uh, then uh, they'll take that back, and then our home will, will match the gifts. So it's one way to make sure that people aren't abusing the system. Uh, we've been helping individuals with that. We're seeing more and more of those needs because the price of housing is going up. Uh, just recently, uh, I have individuals that are coming to me with over $1,000 in back rent. And it's like one month of back rent. It isn't months. It's like one month. That's how much housing has gone up. And so we're helping in those areas. Daryl, <laughs> uh, 
Daryl, uh, being a deputy, I mean, he calls me at 11 o'clock at night and says, I just found a transient. Can you go and help me meet me at the best value? And can we give him a room? And I said, okay, I'll meet you there. So they're starting to get to know me quite well at that best value. Um, one individual uh, that I remember uh, was from Richmond, Indiana. He was legally blind. He said something like had 10% sight in one eye or 2% in one eye. I mean, he just could not see. For some reason, God told him to go for a walk. And so he walked from Richmond, Indiana. He went over to New Bremen, sp spent the night there at, at the library, and then he was coming back in the dark and came into our county, and, uh, and somebody called him in and said, there's this blind guy that's walking at night with dark clothing. And so they went and picked him up and brought him over to the best value and gave him a night. He shared his story with me, and he says, I don't want to, he says, I'm, this is supposed to be totally faith here. I'm not supposed to ask for help. And Daryl very, very wisely told the individual, he said, uh, right now it's out of your hands. He says, because we have picked you up and we are now liable for you. If we do not have a safe place for you with your disability, then if you get hurt, we can get in trouble. Well, I don't want you to get in trouble. And he goes, okay, I'll stay the night. So we went and got him some food and, and we gave him a place. And then the next morning I went and visited him again. I gave him a reflective vest. I said, you need to wear this when no one runs into you. And, and I had to draw on his back the map how, how to get to, I told him to go to the bike trail and go down that way to Coldwater and go over that way. Okay, so that's some of the reaching out. Now building up, now if you've noticed this past year, I've spent, I, I've changed how I've done sermons and I've done it purposely. In some respects, I've gone deeper. And uh, where, you know, I'm talking about this is the Greek, this is the Hebrew. I've brought this up here because I really want you to see the scriptures. And there's, there's a reason behind that. And part of that is because uh, the, the church in America has become lax in Bible study. Plus, I want you to really, I want to challenge you. I really want to challenge you. I purposely will use words that you may not understand. And I do it for a reason. Not to make myself look smarter than you. Because I am not smarter than you. I am, I'm Darwin. But I want you to leave going, what? What did he say? And then you, either during the sermon, take your cell phone out and look up, what, the, what does the word justification mean? What does the word righteousness mean? And I, I really want to challenge you because I've learned over the years, if you're not challenged, you don't grow. And we want you to grow. And so um, and, uh, Ben uses this illustration. He says, when you, when, when you have a, 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 a caterpillar that goes into a cocoon, if you open up that cocoon to help that caterpillar, uh, he, he, he'll die. He needs that 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 struggle to get out of the cocoon to grow. And you know that same thing happens with all the sports. You've got to have resistance. You've got to have that struggle in order for you to grow. So that's why I'm purposely, and I'm trying not to go too deep. I just, I want you to challenge you in those areas. So I want to challenge you in this. If I say something that you want clarification on, hey, I'll be glad to sit down with you. And I won't think anything of you. Different of you. Did I say that right? And because, because I want you to grow. I really want you to grow, to grow in that area. So building up, uh, we changed the sermons a little bit. Grow Ministries on Wednesday night, so we, which I teach in there. 
Uh, Bible study, Bible quizzing has also started. Here's some statistics about Bible quizzing. If your child is in Bible quizzing three consecutive years, they have a 90% chance of staying in the church. And of the 10% that leave, 70% of them will come back. So it's Bible quizzing uh, 90%, what I figured out, you're the mathematician, it's going to be about 95, 96, 97% of the children who have three consecutive years of Bible quizzing will stay in the church. Compared to the national average right now, which is pretty, pretty sad. And I don't have it in front of me, I just know it's sad. And so that's one reason why we're doing Bible, Bible quizzing here. Because our job is to prepare your kids, to help you prepare your kids, because you're the primary, help you prepare your kids for when they leave the doors of, of high school and then start making decisions on their own. And that really came to me this past year because I'm watching Facebook with some of my former youth kids and it, it just breaks my heart. Because when they leave, they have the world that's out there that's saying, hey, just do it this way. We know what the church said, but the church is so, is, is, the Bible is, is so antiquated. But if you do it this way, guess what? You're going to be enlightened. Really? I see, I see what they're doing and I, it breaks my heart. So biblical illiteracy is, is also very, very prevalent in the church. Uh, 20, uh, 32% of American Protestants, when I say Protestants, I'm saying Lutheran, Methodist, whatever. 32% open up the Bible on a regular basis. Of the evangelical Protestants, which we would be part of that, 36% open on a daily basis. Fewer half of the adults can name the four Gospels. Many Christians cannot identify two or three disciples. 60% of Americans cannot name five of the Ten Commandments. 82% of Americans believe that God helps those who help themselves is in the Bible. 81% believe that the Bible teaches, let me rephrase this, I gave it wrong in the wrong first service. 81% believe that the primary purpose of the Bible is to take care of one's, is to tell you how to take care of one's family. That's the primary purpose. 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. Fifty percent of graduating high school seniors think that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. Wow. So we're going to work on that in our church. We have Sunday school, we have Wednesday night, we attended small groups in the summertime, and that kind of fell a little bit. Uh, part of that is just because it was the summertime, we were trying something, but you know, we, we, we tried something. Okay, so with those, uh, build, uh, reaching out while building up. Now, just some side notes here, just a couple things for you. Um, we look at the church. Um, uh, the physical plan of the church is okay. Um, we've been blessed not having any major furnace or air conditioning problems. I shouldn't say that, Denny. I probably shouldn't. But we've been blessed because uh, when those things go, that's quite expensive. 
Uh, we pretty much focused on the sanctuary this year for some remodeling and up to date. We had new TVs went in the sanctuary, a new uh, clavinol piano went to replace the organ that a mouse decided to eat. Um, <laughs> I tore the organ apart and there this mouse came up. Okay, that's what took care of our organ. Um, financially, the church is doing okay and well. Um, the nice part is when I first came here, if I, was, if I remember right, the savings was pretty much depleted. The reason was that we were trying to pay off the debt, which I'm glad they did. Uh, but now, but the rule of thumb is to have three months of, of uh, offerings in the bank, and we're up to that. So something like the, when the pandemic comes or something like that, there will be a buffer zone for it. Uh, attendance has been relatively flat. I noticed in the last uh, couple months it has gone up a little bit. There's a lot of reasons behind that. Uh, I really don't want to get into it right now, but I do want to say that... Uh, um, the Bible says that we are to come together as the body of Christ. There is a reason for that. Uh, the church is just not listening to the preacher. It is coming together as the body because you are my family and we are to be family. Technology, uh, we're reaching more people with technology than we thought before. Uh, I've got people right now watching us. And, uh, and when, I, when I go back and I look at who's all been there, it, it surprised me. Uh, some of them, I don't even know who they are. Uh, you're welcome to come. I mean, um, but uh, but technology. I mean, that's just the way it is now. Manhood Restored has had over ten thousand downloads this past year. Manhood Restored. That's Ben's uh, little thing. Uh, has over ten thousand uh, downloads. What was the number one download? Do you remember? Was that when you talked to uh, Isaac Randall? Isaac Randall's. That, that's what I was going to say. Uh, when Isaac talked about his dealing with cancer, uh, that was the number one download. Uh, I am concerned, concerned about two issues in the church. <clears throat> I, I am going to talk about the first one, and then the second one I think will take care of the first one. The first one is the issue of holiness. I believe that we have forgotten that God calls us to be holy. Um, holiness is the moral separation from the world. It is so hard, I know it's hard, to, um, to uh, separate ourselves morally from the world. When every time you turn the TV on, it's hitting you with stuff. As I remember last week, for those of you here, I mean, I turned on the TV, then I forgot to turn the, remember I said I had a, a fireplace uh, that was rolling since Christmas, and I turned on the TV, and Lady Gaga's looking at me. <laughs> and I'm going, and she's wearing Lady Gaga outfits, and I'm going, what in the world is she, I mean, literally, she's just like this at me. I go, who was playing with the TV and, and come to find out it was a commercial from that fireplace is what it was. Because I'm going, huh? I go, what Neff kid was in here did that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all Neff kids. We didn't do it. Okay, I know you didn't. And, but, but holiness is so important. It is so important to teach our kids the importance of holiness. It is so important to teach our kids the importance of holiness. We have been called to be set apart. And, and God commands us to be holy. I mean, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 says, Just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. It is so easy when we leave the church building to, to, to see stuff, to allow stuff to come into our lives that might not be beneficial. Especially our children. And when they go to college or universities or trade schools or something like that, 
Because they are inundated at that point. Even Christian colleges. I remember when I went to Fort Wayne Bible College, we had stuff there that wasn't supposed to be. But they will be exposed to all types of thinking and, and they will have the power of the majority that will be going against them. Why do I say the power of the majority? Very simple. Didn't we have an election or a, a proposition this past year on abortion? And the majority of Ohioans voted uh, to keep it legal? So we have the power of the majority that's going against them. And, and, it's, and if they're not strong when they leave, eventually they'll start compromising. Somebody asked, why, when the pandemic happened, why, why have so many Christians uh, stopped going to church? I said, real simple, God didn't punish them when they stopped. What do you mean by that, preacher? They left one Sunday, and they go, oh, God didn't punish me. Then they went to another, oh, God still didn't punish me. Oh, and God didn't, still didn't punish me. So I guess it's okay. That's how stuff creeps in. And so parents, you set the tone in your home. The church can only help, but you set the tone. You're the one that does it. We can only provide the tools and we can only help you through it. So if you're, if you're living church on Sunday, but you're not living it throughout the week, guess what your children are going to do? So it's in the, there's an importance of holiness. That I think we need to start stressing. Because the United Brethren Church, the Church of God, a lot of these churches came out of the holiness movement. Alright, so that's one. Second one, I, I think that we forget that we are a spiritual entity. And because we're a spiritual entity, we have spiritual weapons. And we don't... We don't fight the same way we as the rest of the world. So, I mean, I'm on Facebook, and I'll get uh, churchleaders.com. All these things are out there. And they will constantly talk about how to grow your church. How to grow your church. You know, if you do this, if you paint your church paint, people are going to come to church. And they don't talk about the spiritual side. If you do these tools, wait a minute. We are a spiritual entity. Now those tools can help, don't get me wrong. But our main focus needs to be the spiritual entity, the spiritual side to which God gives us. Because our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities. It's against the demonic forces. It's against the devil. And so as a result of that, we need to put on the armor that God has given to us. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. See, our fight is not against the United States government. Our fight is not against society. Our fight is against the devil. So put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. 
Paul is now saying, this is the main enemy. The United States is going to continue to go against God. Why? All societies have done that. They get to the point where they'll say, you know what, we want to do it our way. Look at Rome. Look at England. Look at Scotland. Look at Ireland. That 30 years ago, Ireland was the number one missionary sending nation in Europe. And now it's almost non-existent. When you had the Eastern Bloc nations, Ireland was the one sending the Bibles over. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of the devil comes, you'll be able to take your, be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Let me rephrase righteousness, can I? The breastplate of holiness. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take the shield of faith, which is able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. It doesn't say of society, it says of the evil one. Who's the evil one? The devil. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The Word of God. You know, the only reason why I don't have my Bible up here is because it's just easier. But I, I wish I had another standard just to say the Word of God is open. It's the Word of God. This is primary here. If I ever hear anyone say, well, I know what the Bible says, but... That's the one time... See, I don't like confrontation, but that's the one area I will confront in. And pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests. And this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray for me, that whenever I speak the words that might be given to me, that I will be fearless and make known the gospel, the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I might declare it fearlessly as I should. So Paul is saying, pray. You are to pray in the Spirit in all occasions. Prayers and requests. And keep on praying for the Lord's people. Who's the Lord's people? Praying for the church. Right? Then it goes on and says, pray also for, for me. Paul the leader. Pray for the leader. Pray for me. Words might be given you so I will fearless make known the gospel of peace. For which I am ambassador in change. So what Paul is saying is here is the armor of God, and then he spends a lot of time talking about the most important weapon that we have, which is called prayer. It's called prayer. And this is where I really think, I really want us to really focus on. Do you know that 25 times in the New Testament, in the Gospel, 25 different occasions we see Jesus getting away to pray? Jesus. Deity become man is praying. Why is he praying? He's praying because he's giving us the example. See, elders give the example. Pastors give the example. And we're to set that example for everyone. 
So we are to stand on truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, and the word of God, but we are also to be involved in prayer. And Jesus prayed, and if Jesus prayed, then we should pray too. And I want to call you to prayer. More than just the prayers of, now I lay me down to sleep, or I thank you for this food, where you spend time and you are praying. Not just talking, but also sitting silently before God and allowing God to speak to you. Now, I said this wrong in the first service, <laughs> and I heard about it. And so I'm going to correct what I said in the first service. So mark this down and give this to Daryl, okay? Mark this down right now, okay? Your elders are praying, and your elders are praying for you. What I'm calling for is more prayer. What I'm calling for is that we begin our elders meeting with more than just a formula prayer. That was taken wrong, I guarantee it was. But we pray, and then we ask, we ask God, show us what you want us to do. And the same thing with the board of administration. That we open it up with prayer. More than just, Lord bless this time, but Lord, show us what you want us to do. And maybe we spend more time and we're quiet, just quiet before God. When I was in the United Brethren Church, I was on the ELT, the Executive Leadership Team for the denomination. I was also a cluster leader, which was kind of a mini superintendent. And I would uh, preside over church conflict every once in a while. And uh, when I went, I remember one church conflict in particular. We went up to the church and the bishop was with me as we were dealing with this. And the first thing he asked the, the board of administration was this. Are you praying for your pastor? Now they're, they're at the point they wanted, to, they wanted to strangle this guy. Are you praying for your pastor? And they all, oh yeah, we're praying for your pastor. Are you really praying for your pastor? And then you'll say, I want you guys to get together for a week or two and do nothing but pray for each other. Because prayer is the unifying force of a church. But yet prayer seems to be one of the least looked at things. If, we, if I call a prayer meeting, and we, Polly and I have, we've called a prayer meeting and said, we'll be at such and such place and we're going to be praying. And we might get one or two people show up. Prayer is so vitally important. I tried this in my last church. I said, I want us to gather together for prayer. And, and I, it was amazing how many people wrote a note and says, I'll be praying for you, but I'll be at home. So what I'm calling is for the elders to, to, to open up their elders meeting with prayer. They pray now, but I'm talking about prayer. And yes, they're praying. I, I don't want this to sound like elders are... I'm spending a lot of time with Daryl, but... But we're in prayer. And I want the board meetings just to be saturated with prayer. If we get to a point where we might be at a disagreement, hey, let's just stop and pray about this. What does God want us to do? And so what, we are, what our focus is should be on Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So our main purpose as a church should be seeking God first. And we seek God first if we're seeking Him in prayer and if we're putting on the full armor of God.
So OM, all of you on the OM committee, I'm going to talk to you a little bit now. I want prayer teams to be established. So when we have our Easter outreach, we have people that might not be here at this location, but they are home praying for us at that time. Leading up to it and at that time. When we have the um, uh, uh, T-ball, wouldn't it be great if a prayer team is established and we give the T-ball list to these people, we divide it up, and, and every day they are praying specifically for these kids and the coaches. Uh, when we have vacation Bible school, this is CE here, um, wouldn't it be great that when we have our 100, 110 kids that are here, that we have a prayer team, that we are giving the names of the kids out to you, to, for you to pray specifically for them and the adults that are here. Wouldn't it be great if every time we try to make a decision in the church, we stop and we say, all right, Lord, what do you want us to do? Or we have a prayer team for the Menden Outreach or, or, or whatnot. This is the verse that came to me this week. And, and it, it is out of context, what I'm going to share with you. This is Malachi chapter 3, and Malachi chapter 3 is talking about tithing. But I want you to replace the word tithing with prayer. It just kept, I, I, I don't take things out of context. For some reason, it just kept coming back to me, coming back to me, coming back to me. Okay? And I'm going to read it in its proper context, and then I'm going to read it out of context. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there might be food in my house, the Lord says. Test me in this. It's the only time in Scripture you see God says, try me. Says the Lord Lord Almighty. And see if I do not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. And when I was working on this sermon, all that kept coming to my brain over and over and over again was, test me in this. Focus more on prayer and test me in this. Bring the whole prayer into the storehouse that there might be food in my house. Test me. You know, it's one thing to, to challenge you, but it's, it's something totally different to apply it to us. Tuesday morning is our staff meeting at the church. We gather at 9 o'clock and we talk about, we'll talk about you. We're, we're your pastor. Nothing negative. Nothing to get me wrong. But we'll talk about the week, we'll talk about what's coming up. We're changing it from 9 o'clock to 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock in the morning, we are going to be here at the church, and for one hour before staff meeting, we're going to be praying. We might walk around the church, we might go to a certain room, we might whatever, but for one hour, we're going to be praying. And then we're getting together and saying, okay, what has the Lord told you? Where do we need to go? So... Our desire is to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. 
If God causes the church to grow, great. If God doesn't want the church to grow, it's his church. But it's important for us to make sure that we are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in everything that we're doing. It's important that we become holy. It's important that we reach out and share with others the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you live, hear me people, you live in a very conservative area where church is still important and family is still important. You go about 40 miles that way, and I can tell you communities right now where church attendance is almost gone and the family has been destroyed. So you don't see it as much as other areas. But it's, it's coming. And so we need to make sure that this church is focused on Christ, that we remain strong in what the Word says, and we are on the, our battle knees for Jesus Christ. So you're going to hear me say that this year over and over again. Um, and, and once again, I don't like confrontation. I don't like it. I don't like, I just, it, it dry, I absolutely hate it. But you're going to hear me say, we need to pray about this. Or has this been bathed in prayer? And if this is something that doesn't bring glory to God, then we're going to rethink what we do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. Pray without ceasing. And that piece of paper I gave you instead of notes is all quotes about prayer. It's all quotes about prayer. Now, closing is this. And since we're going to war, you can expect the enemy to attack. Because he does not want us to pray. So I'm going to tell you, fight it and continue on. Now I started out by talking about my New Year's resolution. Let me tell you why I... I Every day, uh, I, I've been walking a mile and a half, and I know that if I stop, I won't do it again. And I'll put my earbud in with Job in there, and I know if I stop, I won't do it again. And that's why I say, start, and when the devil says, oh, just skip a day, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. So that's where we're going as a church. Um, we're going to be seeking Him first. We're going to be using the armor of God. I'm going to spend some time talking about in the next couple months. And uh, we're going to be really uh, board, board, commissions, whatever. Spend time in prayer. You say, but I want to get to the restaurant. This is God's work. The food won't spoil Let us pray. And uh, Lord, we thank you for what your word has taught us. Help us to go forward in the direction that we are to go for 2024. May we put on the armor of God and may we be people uh, actively involved in, the, in, in, in prayer. Let us go forward. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.